the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again and I hope all is well. Hi, Dan. Yeah, all good at this end. Um, Monday special of the podcast, given there's so many big Premier League games coming up. And, and I really can't wait to get started. This I think this midweek action is going to be absolutely brilliant. Uh, going to be loads to talk about, both at the top and the bottom. And I've got a clear idea of what I think will happen at the top. But the bottom, to me, is absolutely fascinating. Um, completely unpredictable. I, I just don't know what's going to happen at the bottom. And I, and I can't wait to get talking about it. OK, then last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, do you want to get the elephant out of the room very quickly? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, another difficult week for Spurs, unfortunately, and, uh, and this week was was really kind of rock bottom, obviously losing 6-1 to Newcastle. Um, looked like it was going to be a lot worse after 20 minutes, obviously 5-0 down. Just, um, you know, kind of really what's going on at Spurs at the moment. It feels like we're pretty much cruising through the rest of the season. Obviously, the appointment of Christian Stellini, Antonio Conte's assistant was a bizarre decision. And, you know, it really felt like we'd kind of accepted defeat. And, uh, yeah, as I said, just cruising through the rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, really, really difficult at the moment to kind of keep watching Spurs. And uh, I hate having to keep coming on here and, and you ask me how I'm doing. And uh, I sound really negative. So, yeah, obviously, let's 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 move on. Obviously, as, um, as Craig said, lots of exciting action in the Premier League to talk about um, at both ends of the table. I, I cannot wait for Wednesday's game and obviously to speak about it on here. You know, obviously, and then the action at the bottom of the table. I think this is one of the most exciting kind of relegation battles we've seen in a long time with so many teams involved. Um, you know, I was doing the notes for this show and, and looking at some of the games and just so difficult to call these games at the moment. So many teams picking up points the following week. They're going to drop points. So, yeah, it's just so unpredictable as well. And uh, I think that's that's absolutely why we love talking about it. So, yeah, looking forward to the show, not looking forward to the Tottenham segment. But uh, apart from that, looking forward to it. Glad to hear, mate. That's all the intros out of the way, so let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this midweek, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on our next show. OK, where should we start first? I know there's Premier League action on Tuesday, but we have to go to the big one at the Etihad. Craig, the Gunners have drawn each of the last three. Can they dig deep and earn a massive win in Manchester, odds of 19-4? to No, Dan, sadly, I don't think they can do that. Um, and there's one reason, and that one reason is pressure. We've seen Arsenal really struggle with pressure in recent weeks. It's sort of seemingly got worse with each game that they've played. And that all built up to what can only probably be described as a bizarre night on Friday. Um, another five minutes in that game on Friday night and Arsenal win it. I've no doubt about that. If they have an extra five minutes, they win the game. Um, but for me, they only actually began to play when the pressure was off and when they felt like they were in a position where they couldn't win the game. When Arsenal looked beaten, they began to play. Um, some of the defensive errors that we saw from the Arsenal team were things that you would see at your local park on a, on a Sunday morning, really. Um, those players, 
they've not just become bad players overnight. It's just pressure. Um, it's just nerves, and, and they're struggling to cope with it. And I think one of the things that pressure affects is decision-making, and ultimately Arsenal are defensively making bad decisions at the minute. Um, Manchester City are 11-20 to 20 to win this game. It's very short, really, when you look at the league table because they're playing against a team that's five points above them in the standings. Um, but it's definitely a better take. I see nothing other than Manchester City being calmer and more composed, uh, handling the pressure better, making better decisions and ultimately winning this game. And I think, although it's not a blow that would knock Arsenal out of the title race, I think it's a mental blow that would knock Arsenal out of the title race. Now, Jamie, as Craig alludes to, City are certainly the team in the groove right now. And he also mentions that back in the home win could be a bit short when you consider the magnitude of this fixture. 11-20, to 20, but I can beef it up by saying Pep Guardiola's men to win and both teams to score at 2-1. to one. How does that sound? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be such an exciting game. I think that this is kind of the, the one game of the season where it almost feels like a cup final and there's so much kind of riding on this one. I think it's going to be a really exciting game as well. I think we've got two teams here who are full of goals um, and, and that's why I think it's going to be a high scoring one. And uh, I definitely think that Man, for me, I do think Man City will just about come out on top here. Um, and I think both both teams to score is, is definitely on as well. Um, look, City, they've kind of developed a bit of a tendency to give away goals this season. Uh, they conceded in six of their last eight matches this season. Um, they've only kept a clean sheet in just a, a one third of their games this season. So defensively, they've maybe some question marks over them. Obviously, Pep Guardiola has been experimenting with this new three at the back system. It's taken a bit of time to kind of get used to. Um, Edison as well, I think he's had a you know some question marks over him and kind of um, his form this season as well. So look, you look at Arsenal; they're still a team that are second for for most goals in the league. Um, they've scored seventy seven times, so I think they're going to be definitely good for a go- at least one goal here. So uh, both teams to score it is definitely the way to go. And uh, as I said, I do think Man City will just about come out on top. Now, Craig, you can get odds of six to four on over three point five total goals being found at the Etihad. Do you reckon this will be the case or will the two title protagonists cancel each other out? How are you shaping up the goal market before Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's a great bet this one, Dan. I think we're going to see goals here. Um, the main reason is I'm not sure Arsenal can stop conceding, given what we've seen from the defensively recently. Um, that's going to open the game up and they've, they've got no choice but to attack Manchester City. And they may get rewarded for that and I do think they'll score the same as Jamie. But it also opens them up at the other end for Manchester City to, to score more. Um, I think we often talk about sort of big games either at the top or bottom of the table and they're often tight and low scoring and I see this as being the complete opposite if I'm honest with you. I think we'll see plenty of goals here. Um, the over 3.5 at 6-4, to four, that seems a great place to start and as I was looking through, I just had a quick look at the correct score markets and I, I think City will win this fairly comfortably in the end but there's 22-1 to one on offer for a City 4-1 win which is big um, but I think the odds are massive on that. I just... I can't see anything other than plenty of goals in this one. So, so yeah, I think uh, anybody looking at the correct score should be looking for, for a large number of goals. 4-1, 22-1. What a way for Arsenal to potentially lose their title chances. But, Jamie, much has been made of early Haaland this season. So let's focus on someone else. Let's focus on the man that made way for him, that being Gabriel Jesus. He went from City to Arsenal. You can get 11-4 on the Brazilian scoring any time at the Etihad. Can you see such a subplot coming to life on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, here I personally won't be backing him on Wednesday. Uh, I think he's a great player and I think he's added a lot to this Arsenal team. But I think this season he's not been like particularly prolific for them. He scored just four times in his last 12 appearances in total. Obviously, he did have that gap with, with that injury. But yeah, so he's not been a guy who's, who's been scoring lots of goals. 
I thought it was a bit wasteful at times again against Southampton um, on Friday. Um, there was times when he wasn't in goal-scoring positions where maybe he should have been. Um, and for that reason, I probably would look elsewhere. Um, for, so for an Arsenal goal-scorer, I'd definitely be looking at Martinelli or, or Saka. Um, both of them are 4-1 to one to score any time. I think the way that Martinelli is playing at the moment, he looks really good. I think he caused Southampton a lot of troubles. Um, obviously, one of the few Arsenal players that did that on Friday. So for me, if I was going to pick just one Arsenal player to, to get on the score sheet, it would definitely be Martinelli at 4-1. to one. OK, then the betting chat regarding this heavyweight clash does not stop here either. We also have a Manchester City versus Arsenal bet builder that you can find on our free bets YouTube channel. OK, let's pivot back to Tuesday night. And first up, we're off to Molyneux as Wolves for host to Crystal Palace. Craig, a win for the Eagles will take them to the magical 40-point marker. Would you be backing them to win it odds of 23-10? to 10? It would, yeah, Dan. And I think given the teams that's at the bottom of the table at the minute and the total points they've got, I think 40 points would comfortably keep you up this season. Um, I can't see all the clubs down there going on late runs and winning games. So anybody who gets to 40, I think they'll know themselves that, that they're more than safe. Um, so another point on the board for Crystal Palace at the weekend. And Wolves, they were beaten by Leicester, a team who were down there. Um, it's a really tight game to call this, I think. But just purely from a betting point of view, I think the value is with Crystal Palace. They're 23 to 10. Um, that's a price that I'd happily take. They're, they're one step away from safety. And the, the job done by Roy Hodgson um, in what would be five games in charge if they won this one, it, it's a great effort. Um, I had my reservations about the appointment, as I said on the podcast. Um, Jamie got it spot on. He said they'd be fine under Hodgson. And it looks like they are being. And as I said, I think it's very tight. But I just think Crystal Palace, they're, they're doing the right things. The line's in sight. They're very, very close. And, and it could be job done if they win this. And um, so, yeah, I'll go with them. 23 to 10. OK, and Jamie, on the flip side, by the same token, this encounter has seen under 2.5 goals in each of the last five home matches in all competitions. So when Molyneux is the stage, it's pretty much a less goals affair. So would you be tempted by a home win and no more than two total goals at odds of 10 to 3? Yeah, I'm going to go for the result and, and uh, under 2.5 goals here. But instead of uh, a home win, I'm going to go for the draw here. Um, I think both teams will be looking to kind of avoid avoid defeat at all costs. I don't think they will kind of want to lose any ground in the, in the race for relegation as well. So that's going to be key. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals and a draw, which can get 11 to 4. I think this one, as I said, will be just about kind of avoiding defeat, losing any more ground. Um, I think Palace, they've done a great job and I think they will be OK. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a draw here. OK, then next up, it's Aston Villa versus Fulham. So, Craig, Villa left it late to get a point West London on Saturday at Brentford. Are you taking three to four for the home win against Fulham on its own or would you try and bulk it out a little bit? Yeah, I've looked for something else with it. And given Aston Villa's liking for clean sheets, I was tempted by the win to nil, which is two to one. Uh, they've kept four clean sheets in the last six. But the thing that's putting me off that is that Fulham, we sort of describe them as being on the beach. I think the better way to describe them is sort of playing without any real care at the moment. They are cruising towards the end of the season. But I just think they're pretty much carefree football from Fulham. And that's given them a license to attack teams a little more. So with that in mind, I'm going to go with Villa win and over 2.5 goals. Because I do think Fulham have got a chance of scoring here. Um, but I do think Villa will win the game. 7-4 to four, that. So I just see Villa sort of winning this 2-1, maybe 3-1. Um, Fulham nicking a goal but not, not having enough in them to win it so yeah it'd be uh, Villa win and over 2.5 for me Jamie you were foiled by the Villa win to nil in last week's episode so it's more West London opposition for Unai Emery's men to deal with in midweek are you tempted by the same bet or odds of 2-1 to one? 
Yeah, do you, do you know what I am? I think I think they will keep a clean sheet here. So I'm going to go in a, maybe a different direction to Craig. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's the Premier League has been so unpredictable this season. Obviously, they, they got that draw um, with uh, Brentford on the weekend. I think that was a bit of a surprise for me, given they're coming off the back of a big 3-0 win, um, of course, against Newcastle. So I, I really felt they'd go into that game and, and, and produce another big win. Again, I, I kind of mentioned it a couple of times, you know, that their defensive record has been really impressive under Unai Emery. Um, it's now six wins to nil um, in their last nine matches. Um, so a team that are, you know, playing well, they're keeping clean sheets and uh, I think they should be good to do the same here. And uh, I know, obviously, they did drop points on, on the weekend. They did concede. But uh, I think here at home against Fulham, I think they should be good for a, an, another clean sheet, as I said, and, uh, and a win. So, yeah, I'm going to go for another win to nil. I think this is one where that should come good. Okay, then now it's time to go bet building once again. It's a massive one at the bottom of the table. Leeds for host to Leicester on Tuesday. And after winning our previous attempts in the bet builders, it's time to see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, my pick play for Leeds, it's Rodrigo. And he's 7-4 to four to score in this game. A very tough match to call this. But when you look at Leeds, even when they've been playing poorly recently, they've still scored a goal. And... Um, if they are to keep clear of the relegation zone, then they've got to find a way to win games. And to me, that help comes from scoring goals. And when they need goals, they're going to turn to Rodrigo. Uh, he's their one sort of constant goal threat that's been there pretty much most of the season. Um, 11 goals from 25 Premier League games this season. Uh, Leeds need more from him. And I don't know if Leeds will win this or not. But one thing I do know about Leeds, I think they'll score. And he's the man that I'm picking to get on the end of it. OK, and Jamie, and I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, I'm going to go for over 2.5 here. I think two of these defences, two of the worst in the league. So I think in terms of scoring goals, I think both teams should be good to do that. Uh, Leeds, they've scored in seven consecutive matches. Well, it's a bit of a surprising stat, given how poor they have been. Then you look at Leicester, they've scored 24 times in, in 16 away matches this season. So pretty good form there. It's just a defence that's, that's really been letting them down. So, yeah, I think this will be a game where two defences who have been struggling this season go head-to-head. And then, of course, you've got two attacking sides who I think t- the, both teams have been scoring. So uh, I think we'll see goals here and over 2.5 goals is my pick. OK, then I'm going to go straight out the blocks and back the Leicester win because the Foxes found some bite at the weekend. The Ellen Road outfit looked toothless at the moment. Looking at Javi Grazia's men, it looks like they're a team that are sleepwalking to the championship. Leeds have been thrashed in the last two home league outings, conceding 11 goals in the process. And although I don't see this being another heavy defeat, it is going to be defeat all the same. And therefore, it's the Leicester win which has grabbed my attention. OK then, just to recap our three picks. Craig has gone for Rodrigo to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 2.5 goals. I've gone for the Leicester win. This one is priced at 14 to 1. That means £10 on the betting slip, £150 in your back pocket. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, Leeds have lost three in a row and four of their last five league meetings. They almost looked safe just a few weeks ago. Can they find a home win or to five to four? No, I don't think they will, Dan. And as I said on the podcast last week, my worries for Leeds have, have sort of grown to become genuine over the past couple of weeks rather than just because I live near there and, and speak to a lot of Leeds fans. Um, they fell apart every time they've conceded a goal recently. It's the same over and over again for Leeds. Whatever they are playing like, whether they're doing well, sort of not so good, you always, always worry about their defence. The defensive issues are just at the heart of everything that's been at that club for probably about five or six years now. Um, I don't think they'll win, but my gut feeling is I also don't think they'll lose. 
Um, probably not a big help to either team either picking up a point. But I do think, I just get the feeling that if you'd offer both of them a draw right now, I think both teams would take it, even though it's not a massive help. Um, Dean Smith to get something on the board to work with and sort of Javi Gratz to try and halt the, the fall that Leeds are on at the moment. He's 12-5 to 5 for the draw and I just got the feeling that if you're forcing me to choose a winner, I, I would choose Leicester over Leeds, but I just think it's going to be a draw this one. Well, Jamie, let's get your take on it then because Leicester, as I said, were far better than they were the week before when they were at the King Power on Saturday. That's given Dean Smith something to build on. Does he look at this game as a must-win at 23-10 to 10, or do you think he would settle for the draw odds of 12-5? to 5? Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same as Craig here. If you were to push me for a winner, I probably would go with Leicester. Obviously, they did get that that big win at the weekend. Um, and I think just generally as a squad, they are better. Um, I think Javi Grazia and his side are really struggling at the moment. And I, I, I think Leeds are a side that will go down. Um, I just think they're in such free fall at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, a couple of defeats in a row defensively so poor at the moment, conceding so many goals. Um, I think I mentioned it on the, on the last episode. Tyler Adams has, has been such a big loss for them. And uh, yeah, I, I just think that, he, you know, not having him has, has been huge for them. And um, so here, I, I do think it will be a draw. I think it's very difficult to kind of call this one at the moment. Um, you know, Leicester, as I said, yes, they did get that win, but just a very tif- difficult side to predict at the moment. And I just think this game is, is is very wide open. So I will go for a draw here. And I think both teams will kind of look at this and, and think this could be a good point. Leeds, they just kind of need to halt that, that run of defeats. Uh, Leicester... I think they won't, you know, they, obviously going away to a, a relegation rival, they won't want to lose any ground. So I think both teams might look at this as, as a good point. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well, as we mentioned at 12 to 5. OK, then, Craig, if you're looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, um, process of elimination, really. I'll, I'll avoid the sort of obvious draw-draw scenario. Cause I do think there'll be goals in this game. Um I'll go with Leeds to be leading and, and first and be winning at half-time. And then Leicester to reply in the second half and get a draw. So it'd be Leeds draw, my pick, which is 14-1. to one. Um, The reason being for that is I think if it's the other way around, and I think if Leicester score first, I think Leicester will go on to win this, given what we've seen from Leeds recently. Um, I, I just think they, you know, that first goal's crucial if Leeds concede it, perhaps more so than if Leicester concede it. Leicester can find a way back into the game. I'm not sure Leeds would. So it'd be Leeds at half-time, draw at full-time, 14-1. to 1. OK then, Jamie. Leicester scored from the penalty spot at the weekend. You can get either team being awarded a spot kick odds of 7-4 to 4 on Tuesday. Is this a bet that you would consider at all? Yeah, look, I'm looking at the stats for kind of penalties won and, and lost this season for both teams. Uh, Leeds, they've won just two penalties in 32 and conceded just three. Leicester, they've won three and conceded four. So I just don't think there's quite enough in it for me to, to kind of go with this one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to say no to this bet. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now. And first up, we're off to the City ground. It's now 11 matches without a win for Nottingham Forest. Can they finally end their run against the Brighton side who were taken to extra time and penalties on Sunday? So Craig, with this in mind, are you tempted by a home win in midweek at odds of 19-4? to um, Yeah. Yeah, I am actually. I am as well, um, 11, yes. 11 games is a long time. But I'm going to go with Forest to win this. I just, I wonder what Sunday will have taken out of Brighton both physically by playing such a long game, but also mentally. Uh, it's a big knock. They were very, very close to, to reaching the... Uh, as close as you can be to reaching an, an FA Cup final. 
which I think for a team such as Brighton would mean a lot more than, than what it would to Manchester United, for example. So I think it's got the potential to hit them a bit harder because it was such a big thing that they were trying to get to. Um, they'd have really loved a week off, a midweek break here, so they can have a couple of days to get their heads around things, then back into training on Wednesday, Thursday, building up to a weekend game. But they've not got that. They're straight back in. They'll, you know, we're recording this on Monday morning. Brighton will probably now be in a team meeting or on the training pitch or whatever, getting ready for this game. And they're against a side that, although I don't think Forrest are particularly playing well at the minute, they are fighting for, for the lives at the bottom of the table. I just think that the odds are sort of, the odds are what I would expect if Brighton had not played on Sunday and if Brighton were continuing to, to go well. And I just think there's value in the Forest win. They're 19-4, to four, as you say, which is almost 5-1. to one. And I just think it seems huge for a, for a home win, me. If there's a, if there's a time when Forest can go out there and get a win, I think this is it this week. Yeah, I mean, as you say, 11 matches has been a dreadful run, but you have to sort of also believe that all runs will come to an end at some point. And when you add this caveat of Brighton being potentially leggy, you look at 19-4 to four and think, actually, that's a pretty good price. Actually, it's a really good price. So, Jamie, on the flip side, Brighton's route to Europe may have been closed via the FA Cup, but a top seven finish is still on. We spoke off recording about their fixtures. So would you back them to bounce mm. back in midweek odds of four to seven? Or is that bet too short considering our caveats? Yeah, look, kind of everything. Um, this game is definitely a must win for Brighton, I think. Given the fixtures, I think this will be a game they'll want. They'll know they want European football. They've got to win this match because, as you said, they've got some really tough games coming up. And I'm quite surprised to hear you guys saying that they're not going to win this one. I just think Forrest have been so poor recently. It's six defeats in the last seven for Forrest. So a side that are bang out of form. And I just think the Brighton team is still very good. I know, obviously, they're going to have, you know, be feeling that in their legs, that that um, that semi-final, obviously, going all the way. Then, of course, the disappointment of losing the game as well. But I just think they're too good. It's two defeats in the last 30 matches for Brighton. So they're on a really good run at the moment. Obviously, their last uh, Premier League match was a a win at Stamford Bridge as well. So I just think this is a team that's going so well at the moment. So, um, yeah, and as well for Forest, they're 11 without a win. And uh, I just don't see them doing ending that run against Brighton. Um, Maybe I could be proved wrong. Obviously, as a Spurs fan, I would love to be proved wrong. But uh, I just think Brighton... We'll have, uh, we'll have too much for them here. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Brighton will come out on top. I like this. A little bit of debate. We missed that. A bit of yin and yang. But anyway, let's go to uh, West London because Chelsea and Brentford are playing in a derby, a mid-table derby. Nothing really to play for. No one in five for the hosts. No one in six for the visitors. So, Craig, does this have all the hallmarks of an end-of-season stalemate or to 14-5? to five? Yeah, it definitely does, yeah. Um, both teams absolutely cruising towards the end of the season. I'm going to say nothing to play for, but they should both be playing for Europe and should have been playing for Europe for the past few weeks. Both sort of seemingly content with mid-table, which has disappointed me, to be honest. And I would say, especially for Brentford's sake, because at one point, Brentford were there with Brighton and Aston Villa, and we still continue to talk about Brighton and Aston Villa in Europe, which which looks a good possibility for both. Um, But we're not talking about Brentford in that way. He's just sort of disappointing that they fizzled out. They'll be absolutely thrilled with where they've finished this season. This season's been a real success for them. But it's just disappointing they've not managed to just kick on and keep going a bit. Um, yeah, I think the best way to talk about this game is I think it'll be boring. I think it'll be lacking in quality. It'll be lacking in desire to win it. And it's not a game I'll be watching. Um, definite draw for me. OK, and Jamie, there's an interesting stat regarding Ivan Tony. 
He's alternated between scoring and not scoring in each of his last 12 league matches. He did score on Saturday, so the logic would dictate he draws a blank in midweek. So now you know this pattern, are you backing him to score any time or to 5-2? to two? Yeah, I, I think I would. As you, as you said, 5-2, to two, that does sound like quite a nice price. And I think he will kind of break this run. Um, you know, he's having a fantastic season, taking his tally now to, to 20 goals and, uh, yeah, just proving that he, he really is kind of the real deal. And, um, look, he faces a, a Chelsea side that failed to win in any of their last five. So, yeah, I, I really do think he can get on the score sheet. There's a Chelsea side as well who are really low on confidence. Um, I think Brentford can definitely get something here. And uh, if they are to do so, I'm pretty confident that, that Tony will get on the score sheet. So at five to two, I think that's definitely one, one worth taking. Okay, then a quick word about the Chelsea manager job. Craig, the new favourite is Mauricio Pochettino, as short as one to three in some places. Can you see the Argentine being in the Stamford Bridge dugout at the start of next season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before a big club takes him off the market. He's been sort of mentioned for, for a few big jobs now. He will eventually get a big job somewhere. We thought he may have been Spurs, but, you know, there is that worry that I think when we were talking about it, I mentioned, going back to where you've been before, um, and the, also the fact that Spurs could potentially lose out on someone who would be their number one because other big jobs come along. Um, I mentioned about them, those jobs coming along in the summer, but obviously the, the Chelsea job's up for grabs now as well. Um, so he, he could go before we even get to the summer. Um, Pochettino knows the league. He knows what it's like at a bigger club in the league. And I think sort of maybe the difference between him and Graham Potter, he's got experience working at Tottenham and, and other places where he's involved but isn't the main man when it comes to transfers. And I think, to be honest, the sort of revolution as such that Chelsea are trying to bring out, combine that with the fact that Graham Potter was predominantly in charge of transfers at Brighton, but then wasn't at Chelsea, caused a lot of issues there. And I think that was probably his biggest problem. Um, you know, the honest fact, really, at the minute, is I'd not really fancy Chelsea or Tottenham as a job. Um, but there's probably a little less work to do and also clear areas to improve in the Chelsea job. I think it's not a great job, but I think it's one that you can get and you can, you know, you've, you've got a clear idea what you're going to do. Um, Tottenham, we'll get to them in a bit, but there's not a clear idea what you're going to do. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he goes there. I think he's got the experience that Chelsea are looking for. He, he's, he'd be comfortable working in this kind of environment. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's not the best job in the world to be taking at the minute, is it? No, it's not. But Jamie, from a Tottenham supporter point of view, are you going to be upset if Pochettino was Chelsea manager? Maybe from a because he's ex Spurs, not necessarily because Spurs have missed the boat for the second time. Or do you mm. simply accept that this is nothing more than the merry-go-round of elite managers continuing? Yeah, look, this one's going to absolutely kill me because I, I love Pochettino. I think he did an amazing job at Spurs. I think at times it was, you know, he was pretty harshly treated. Obviously, it went a long time. I think it was 18 months without a, a single signing. Managed to get us to a Champions League final. Played at three different home stadiums as well. So he had a very difficult job at Spurs and kind of navigated it very well. Obviously, the last couple of months, um, you know, met a lot of people made out about how poor it was. And, and yes, it was poor, but I think it was just kind of a case of where the, the squad had become stale. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we're continuing to see that under different managers at Spurs. So he had a very difficult circumstances there I think overall we did pretty well at PSG as well I think that's a very another another very challenging job I think the Chelsea job's going to be very challenging as well because you know they've brought in 18 new players they've got to make that gel and I think that that takes a long time to happen so he's got a really big job on his hands here if he does take this job but look as a Spurs fan Spurs 
definitely should have considered this one at least. I think it's bizarre that we've not even spoken to him. And uh, look, if, if Spurs aren't going to come and, uh, and offer him a job, he's got to take a job somewhere. And, um, I, I, you know, I can't blame him. I think this still is a top job, you know, regardless of how big a job I do think it is. So obviously he, he's a guy who lives in London as well. So this is kind of a perfect job for him. So, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't blame him at all. Um, but it's it's going to be very difficult to see him go to West into, into West London. Well, let's go to East London now because West Ham play host to Liverpool. Now, the Hammers have picked up seven points for the last nine on offer. The Reds, eight from the last 12. So, Craig, when you look at this, it's 10 to 11 for the away win. A bit too short for you. Yeah, and, and again, it's sort of the odds that are swaying me on this, but I would much rather have the uh, almost three to one on West Ham to win this game rather than the odds on sort of 10 to 11, as you say, for Liverpool. The 29 to 10 West Ham's are pretty much three to one, and I think there's good value in them. They've sort of come to life recently, and if they can just weather Liverpool for the first 20, 30 minutes, get a hold in the game, then I think they've every chance of getting something here. And um, Liverpool better now; they're, they're much, much better now than what they were sort of a few weeks ago. But you know, not to put a dampener on what they've done, they've conceded five goals in the last three games. And when you look at who they played recently, they've drawn against Chelsea. Chelsea are all over the place. They've drawn against Arsenal, who are a nervous wreck at the minute. They've beaten Leeds. You know, us three would have probably give Leeds a game at the minute. Um, and they've beaten Nottingham Forest. You know, that 11 games in a row where Nottingham Forest have not won. I think there's holes to be picked in that Liverpool form. I do think Liverpool are a lot better. But I think there's holes to be picked. So just purely from a betting point of view, 3-1 um, to one pretty much on West Ham is where I'd definitely go. OK then, Jamie, both teams scored three times at the weekend. Could this be a game where over 3.5 goals are recorded? It's odds of 13-8, to 8, or do you see this being a cager affair? No, I, I think there's going to be lots of goals here. I think these are two teams that have had lots of goals involved in the last couple of matches. For Liverpool, four of their last five games have seen over 3.5 goals. For West Ham, three of their last four have seen the same. Um, and then, of course, we saw West Ham kind of finding their feet in front of goal um, over the last couple of matches. Obviously, they got the two against Arsenal, four against Bournemouth. They got a number of goals in, in the Conference League as well. So a team that, you know, starting to click a little bit, finding a bit of form and uh, obviously face a Liverpool side who are scoring lots of goals themselves. I think they're third in the table for, for goals scored. So, yeah, I, I think we could definitely be in for an exciting Evening at the London Stadium with lots of goals. And uh, yeah, I probably would go for a Liverpool win as well. I just think they are a team who are, are looking good as well at the moment, finding their finding their rhythm as well. So yeah, I, I like the look of over 3.5 goals here. I think, as we mentioned at the start of the show, because these games are so hard to read, it's good that you've come in with different viewpoints this week. Because, you know, there's no bad logic at all. You know, Jamie's made a great case for Liverpool. Craig's made a solid case for West Ham. We're at that stage of the season that makes it almost a bit of a minefield to place Premier League bets. But that's why we're here. We're trying to make uh, sense of it all, doing our very best anyway. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this midweek schedule. Right, let's pop up some more Thursday headlines now. First up, off to North London and Tottenham's clash with Manchester United. So Craig, Spurs were mauled by the Magpies. Will the Red Devils be licking their lips at odds of 11-8? to yeah, I love how you just mentioned diversity in our picks just before we're all going to say that Manchester United <laughs> is going to win this game. Well done. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. T to me, this is a, a case of who's going to be the least worst on the day um, and they'll win this. Purely from an outsider looking in, there's no way in a million years I can touch Tottenham after Sunday. Um, Manchester United are not doing themselves any massive favours either. They were dreadful against in the Europa League. Um, I thought they were average in the Cup semi-final on Sunday as well. I'm going to take Manchester United 
just because I don't think they're quite as bad as Tottenham were on Sunday. But to me, of, of the 10 games that are being played this weekend, the 10 games that are very difficult to predict and, and where me and Jamie's already differed on quite a few of them, from a betting point of view, this is the toughest one to get right because there isn't anything that you can put a pound down on with confidence. Um, the only bet that I've, I've looked at that I would be interested in is both teams to score because both teams are absolutely woeful at the back. Well, Jamie, as I mentioned earlier, one of the FA Cup semi-finals went to extra time and penalties. United come out winners, though, but could that extra 30 minutes and the penalties, could that be some form of saving grace for Spurs or is Sunday going to be so bruising for them that even a slightly leggy United can earn three points? What's your betting angle? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with Craig here and I do think both teams will score. I think it's going to be a big big Man United win as well. You can get the those two combined at 3-1, to one, a United win and both teams to score. Um, yeah, I just think this is going to be a pretty straightforward game for Manchester United. I think they face a Spurs side who are bang out of confidence. Obviously, I think the, the atmosphere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is going to play a big part. I think it's going to be very toxic. Obviously, Spurs fans are going to be really venting their frustrations. Um, and I think that's just going to play a part in, in where United do come up with a win here. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I, I think it's a pretty straightforward one here. A Manchester United win. And, uh, yeah, both teams have scored. And obviously, Spurs did get on the score sheet against uh, Newcastle. Harry Kane scored a, a nice little goal. But, yeah, uh, and, and Man United, obviously, start some slight question marks over their defence at the moment. We, we mentioned, you know, losing their two key centre-backs has, has been big for them. Um, so I think they, Spurs can get something here in terms of the goals, but uh, I think it's going to be something like a 3-1 United win. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to go with a Man United win. Both teams to score at 3-1. to one. OK, let's stay in the white half of North London because we may as well look at the betting angle when it comes to the next Tottenham manager. So Julian Nagelsmann is now the joint favourite after reportedly being turned down for the Chelsea job. It's 4-1 to one for the Germans to come in to this role. Craig, after Sunday, do you reckon it's going to be a case of thanks, but no thanks? Yeah, I mean, I think, to me, this is not a betting market you will get involved in at the minute, but the most important question is who wants this job? Because there's a number of people at the top of the list. Um, I think Nagelsmann's one of them, and without mentioning his name, I think the next person along that you speak with Jamie about is another who would be sort of well within their rights to turn down this job. Um, it's a strange job to take at this moment in time. You need assurances about what's going to happen in the summer if you're taking this job. Who's going to be there? Who's going to be allowed to leave? How does that change the expectations at the club? How does it change the budget at the club? It's, in my opinion, as a complete outsider looking in, a massive summer for Tottenham because I do think if this is the summer where Harry Kane stays, then he stays for life. This is not last chance, but very, very close to last chance saloon for him to depart and leave Tottenham. Um, if he goes, then whoever's coming in, you know, there's probably already been talked about whether Kane's leaving or not. They need assurances that money's going to be available to replace him. Um, if Harry Kane's not there, our expectations lowered with, with sort of regards to league position. Um, Spurs are probably not going to get a, a like-for-like replacement on the same money the sell came for because I think his stocks fell over the past 12 months. Um, I just think there's, in many ways, if I'm going for an interview for the Tottenham job, I'm probably asking Tottenham more questions than they're asking me. And I just think that sort of sums up the cloudiness of the situation, really. And then trying to bet on that on top of that makes it even more sort of cloudy. Um, I've no idea what Spurs will do. And, and as I said, Nagelsmann would be a good appointment, but I think he's in a position now where he could probably reject this job and, and be in the right sort of place to do so, just because there's so much going off at Tottenham. 
Now, Jamie, the other man involved in terms of the joint favourite is Luis Enrique. So he's also 4-1. to one. Would you take him on board as the Spaniard looks to work his way into mm. Premier League employment? Yeah, look, I, I think firstly, Spurs are doing a lot of damage to kind of their reputation as a club, the way they are seeing out the season, you know, losing 6-1. I think the, the manner of the performance as well, such, you know, players were absolute disgrace as well. You know, just a lack of organisation, a lack of confidence, a lack of um, effort as well, which was disappointing to see. And I think a lot of managers that are kind of looking at this job were thinking, well, why, why would I want to take this job? So, um, yeah, I think that it's been really disappointing the way we are ending the season and really damaging as well. Um, on Luis Enrique, I think he was very much a Fabio Paratici choice. And obviously we saw him resign uh, last week as a sporting director. Um, I think Levy had some slight concerns over Enrique as well in terms of his experience in the Premier League or lack of experience in the Premier League. Um, so I don't think that Luis Enrique will get the job. As well from him, I'm, I'm sure he'll be another manager who'll be looking at it and thinking, well, again, why would I want to take this job? So I don't see that one happening. Um, one that might be worth keeping an eye on is Arne Slot. Obviously, he's doing very well at fine order at the moment. Um, looks like they're going to win the league. They were very unfortunate to have gone out the Europa League. They were like a minute away or so in, in normal time from going through against Roma. He's doing a very good job in, in Holland at the moment. So he's one where maybe worth keeping an eye on. As I said, uh, he's priced at about 6-1 to one and also around about 10-1 to one as well. So anywhere between that, I think that that looks fairly good at the moment. Um, just because he kind of fits Spurs as well and what they want. I think they want more of a project manager now. See, they've had all these these big managers that win now. Um, and Arne Schlott is a guy who plays attacking football. Spurs fans, that's very important for them. And I think the club will know that. So Arne Schlott is, is probably the guy who I, I quite like the look of at the moment. Um, and as I said, he's, he's quite a nice price. But uh, it's so difficult to call given, given the way that Spurs are kind of crashing and burning at the moment. So, yeah, very, very difficult market, this one. Yeah, I think the tip here is put the money back in your pocket. Just don't place a bet just yet because it could be you know many twists and turns look at last summer we tried to get well a manager who looked down the list got Nuno like six time lucky so I would not race just yet to place a bet on Spurs but anyway let's go to Goodison Park because Everton are trying to work their way out of the relegation zone and they play Newcastle on Thursday the Toffees actually won this corresponding fixture last season so Craig can they do the same odds of 10 to 3 no I don't think they can and it's Newcastle for me in this one Um We've spoke a lot about Tottenham, but Newcastle really impressed me on Sunday. Um, yeah, Spurs, absolutely shocking. But I felt Newcastle were really clinical and they did get the chance and they took them in style. Really sort of clinical and to the point from Newcastle. No messing around. Head down and they just got the job done. Very efficient, I thought. And, and they're aiming to sort of get over the line and get a Champions League spot and, and doing it all in the right way. They look primed for a top four finish now. I think it'd be disappointing if... Newcastle didn't get in the top four and, and not only that but I do think they can get third as well um, but to do that they've got to win games like this it's not going to be easy you know it's not going to be an easy game this but it's one that I do think Newcastle can win I just thought they were very efficient and clinical on, on Sunday um, Spurs were terrible but Newcastle took full advantage of everything they were given Now Jamie we know that the Magpies are flying right now but could a potential victory on Merseyside be a tighter affair how does the away win at under 2.5 goals odds of 11-4 to sound to you? Yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm going to go in the opposite direction here, and, and I'm going to go for a big Newcastle win. Um, they've scored 25 times in 16 away matches, and their away games this season have averaged uh, 2.5 goals per game exactly. 
Um, so I, I, I think that this will be a case of Newcastle can take full advantage of an Everton side who are continuing to struggle. And I know, obviously, Everton under Sean Dyche have been a side of, you know, obviously defensively very sound. They did keep a clean sheet on the weekend. But I just think that Newcastle were just so strong at the moment. Again, they did lose that. That was a surprise defeat to Aston Villa. And Premier League is very difficult to call at the moment. But uh, yeah, I, I think Newcastle will come out on top here. And uh, I think they'll do so with the game having over 2.5 goals. So Newcastle win over 2.5 goals is, is at 2-1. to one. And finally, we go to the South Coast derby between Southampton and Bournemouth. Probably the last chance to lose for the Saints. Craig, can they buy themselves another Premier League drink with a home win at odds of 5-4? to four? Yeah, again, a tough one to call, but I'm going to say yes in this one. Um, Bournemouth sort of brought back down to earth, really, with their defeat to West Ham. And I thought for the first time in a few games, Southampton did show a bit of fight on Friday night. Um, I would have loved for Southampton to have won that game and really sort of pulled themselves back into the, the relegation race. Still think they're on the very much on the outside looking in, and it's going to take a lot for the Southampton to survive. Um, but I just thought sort of backs to the wall, they, they did dig in for a large period of the game, obviously not all the game, um, but we just couldn't hold on. Very much sort of last chance saloon, as you say, but yeah, I'm going to give them another go. Just think that this might be a, a decent time to play Bournemouth after that big defeat. Uh, five to four for a home win, as you say. So maybe get a win. I, I still think they're going down, but just to keep them fighting for another day, a, a win for Southampton. And Jamie, if you're looking at this game from an anytime goal scorer point of view, what player catches your eye before Thursday? Yeah, I'm going to go for someone who really impressed me on, on Friday evening at the Emirates, and that was Carlos Alcarez. I thought he had a really good game. Uh, he's 9-2 to two to score any time, um, and just looked like a really good signing for them. Obviously, he's arrived in January. Um, as I said, really good against Arsenal. He got a goal and an assist in, in that match. He's now scored three in, in 12 since arriving in January. Um, and yeah, I just think after that performance at the Emirates, I think he's going to be a guy who's full of confidence. He was played in a, a pretty attacking a, a position for Southampton as well. So I think against the Bournemouth side, who've just conceded four, I think this will be a good opportunity for him to, to kind of put his name on the score sheet again. So uh, I'm going to go for Carlos Alcarez at 9-2. to two. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, great. Thanks very much, Dan. Uh, looking forward to sort of re-getting back together on Friday to discuss some more twists and turns. I think we're in for a wild sort of 10 days in the Premier League. Yeah, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And yeah, really looking forward to kind of some of these midweek games. Definitely not looking forward to the, the Spurs one. I think it's going to be a, a very difficult watch from Spurs, Spurs point of perspective. Um, I think the the Arsenal-Man City game is just going to be so big. It's just such an exciting game. So much kind of riding on that one. I think a win for either team would be absolutely huge. So it's almost, as I said at the start of the show, almost going to be like a cup final. So, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Spurs as well. looks like that Stellini might be going. So another manager might be in charge uh, for the Man United game. So that'd be interesting to keep an eye on who's going to be uh, the interim, another manager coming in at Spurs. So, yeah, unfortunately, the circus goes on at Spurs, but look in the Premier League, so much exciting action to look forward to. So, yeah, all good and looking forward to it. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.